Welcome to the Growing in Grace podcast, where you can listen in on some casual conversation about the good news of Jesus without all of the inconsistent religious double talk. If you've ever struggled with feelings of hopelessness, guilt, and despair, or wondered if you're really right with God, it's time to discover the true freedom that comes with the gospel of unlimited and overflowing grace. Well, doggies, welcome (laughs) to the Growing in Grace podcast. I'm Judd Clampett. Oh, wait a minute. I I forgot my identity in Christ here for a minute. I'm Mike Kapler, and that's Joel Brzezinski. We're glad you're with us here for another week of Growing in Grace. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I'm secure in my identity because as we're recording here, I'm sitting here in my PJs and a t-shirt and I'm very quite comfortable and it's a good thing we don't do this on video. That's all I can say. <laughs> For various reasons. <laughs> yeah, I got a friend at work who, um, the guy that I work with, he, he is neighbors. So we live in Waterloo. Iowa, and we're neighboring with Cedar Falls, where the University of Northern Iowa is. The UNI, University of Northern Iowa, their national claim to fame would have been several years ago when the, the UNI Panthers in the uh, NCAA tournament beat Kansas in a big upset. Some people might remember that if you're into sports at all. But anyway, so this guy I work with, he's neighbors with a political teacher at the university. Won't get into that, but this political teacher is somebody that the local TV station calls upon sometimes to uh, give analysis on something. So they'll call him up, can you go join us on the air? And he does it from home. And so he says sometimes they'll call him, spur of the moment, and want him to get on the air right away. So he'll just be around the house doing, you know, wearing whatever he's wearing. He'll just throw a blazer on, a jacket on or something, <laughs> and, and you just see him from the waist up, basically. But he might be wearing a pair of shorts or, or something, and but you can't see that, so it's it's kind of funny. And you, you saw a lot of that stuff like during the pandemic when people were doing newscasts from home and stuff like that. You see some bloopers where they'll accidentally stand <laughs> up and oh, they're wearing shorts, or or their cat will walk by or something. But I yeah. have no idea why, for example, a, a professional newscaster or or somebody like that would would not be just wearing at least a regular pair of pants. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 I just guess... don't know why you would. I, it, is it really worth the risk? I mean, <laughs> you can take them off when you're done recording or uh, doing the video or whatever. But Yeah, I would think it would your... be too risky. If I were going to be on, like, public television, you know, a tele- where people are going to see this, yeah, I'm not going to take that risk myself. But you, I, I guess you kind of think that, yeah, you probably chances are slim that you're gonna mess up, and but yet there are so many funny videos out there that show them messing up. So mm, mm, I wouldn't mm, take the mm. chance. All right, false assumptions. We're gonna go just a little bit longer with this. Uh, w- one that uh, comes to mind, Joel. We've been on this series here for a little while. Uh, typical things that people think that aren't necessarily really true. Um, one of those. And this, this is kind of a one that almost everybody probably has, has heard, even if you've only appeared even once in a church doorway, a church building doorway, you've probably heard this. And that is, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. So that phrase, that sentence, that one little clip in and of itself, it's pretty short. It's, it's pretty compact. 
But for most of the people out there, including you and me for quite a few years, it makes sense. I, I got saved by grace, but in the end, I'm really just a sinner. Um, and the way we might phrase that, or at least the way I would, would be something more like this, that the, the truth of the gospel reveals something else to us. It reveals the righteousness of God in him. It doesn't necessarily just reveal that we are sinners. The gospel doesn't do that. Um, but it does reveal uh, for those in Christ that we are the righteousness of God in him. Uh, and what's the difference between that and, and I'm just a sinner saved by grace? Well, one of the biggest differences is uh, you, you were a sinner. It's obvious that we have all sinned, we've all fallen short, and that we were saved by grace. But in the new covenant of Jesus Christ, even in, in New Testament writings from the apostles after the resurrection, we are never identified as sinners. But there are a number of other things that we are identified as, including the righteousness of God. Yeah, our identity has changed. As we might have been formally identified as a sinner, and as Gentiles, uh, Paul said that we were, we had no hope. We were without God in the world. We were aliens and strangers from the commonwealth of Israel and the covenants and everything. And all we had was the fact that we're sinners. And, and Paul had said that through one man, sin entered the world. That's through Adam, sin entered the world. And death through sin, because all sinned. And so we were identified as sinners. But the thing, the cross changed everything. The, the resurrection of Jesus, the fact that we were able to be resurrected together with him. And, and through all of that, the death and resurrection of Jesus, we were made righteous, we were made holy, we were justified. And Paul addresses us as saints. I mean, even, even the people like the, the Corinthian people, he addressed them as saints, and yet he went on to scold them about some of the, the sins that they were taking part in. They were doing some stuff. They were even bragging about some stuff that they were doing that he's like, nah, even the Gentiles wouldn't brag about, wouldn't do that stuff. But even so, he, he didn't tell them, you dirty, rotten sinners, you get your act together. No, he told them about their identity in Christ. He called them saints. He referred to them as what they really were. You are justified. You've been sanctified. Now, don't take part in those things anymore because your identity has changed. It's not uh, stop sinning or stop doing things so that you can now be made righteous. It's the other way around. You've been made righteous. You've been justified. So now consider that in, when you're thinking about how you're going to behave. Exactly. I mean, you, you mentioned a, a whole new identity. Uh, Paul referred to it as, as a new creation. I think King James yeah. says new creature. Um, a, a new creation that you've been made into. And, and this isn't just changing from doing bad things to good things. It's, it's not that kind of a thing. It's, it's being created from something brand new out of nothing. You know, you, you mentioned saint, I think, too, if I remember right. We are considered right. saints, not sinners. And you've got people out there sometimes trying to combine the two, which is very confusing for people. Um, so yeah. this doesn't mean that we don't make mistakes. It doesn't mean that we still don't have uh, sinful actions that take place. But that's just not how we're identified in him. As, as John said in his letter in, in 1 John, as he is, 
so are we now in this world. And so as the righteousness of God, there's many other uh, identifiers that we'll, we'll find, but none of them identify us as being a sinner. There's the righteousness of God. We've, we've been described as being justified, delivered. We're a conqueror. We're sanctified. It's not something that's happening slowly over time. It's something that came through Christ and his finished work. We're blameless. We're anointed. Uh, we're, we're, I think I mentioned justified. If not, we're justified, accepted, alive, holy, complete, forgiven. I mean, these are the things that God brought to us through his son. Um, and, and so, if because if you're developed inside of a sin consciousness, as the Jews were under the law, uh, then you're, you're going to miss out on the perfection that God brought to us through Jesus Christ. It doesn't mean that we do everything perfect, but it means we've been made perfect in him. Right. That That is who we have been made to be. We've been made perfect in him. We've been justified, sanctified, all these things that you just mentioned. The new creations, and that word new means something that has never been before. It's not just a a new version of the same shoe. You know, you, you you wear shoes and they wear out, and so you go buy new shoes. Well, it's still a shoe. It's still the same thing. But this is something new. He's made us something that has never existed before, uh, something brand new that is actually righteous, not just the righteousness of man, not just a, a good good deeds of men. It has nothing to do with our good deeds because even our good deeds were considered filthy rags. I mean, the best of the best... Uh, behavior from anybody in front of God was really just filthy, and so we needed a righteousness that had nothing to do with our works, and that's what he gave us, the gift of righteousness, something brand new, that, uh, and he made us into something new that humans had never been before. So that's kind of, that's what that word new means there. But what about what about Paul? He said he was the chief of sinners. Now, Paul, uh, yeah. Paul wrote yeah. all this stuff, and he says, uh, let's see, First Timothy one fifteen. This is the faithful saying and worthy of acceptance of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. See, he says he is the chief of sinners. He's the chief. Um, but yet, okay, so Paul, again, in all of his writings, like to the Corinthians, to other people, when he addressed the unrighteous things that they were doing, he told them to stop that. He told them, turn from that stuff and do other stuff because you've been made righteous. So he'd be kind of a hypocrite if he was just, if he was saying, I'm the chief of sinners. I sin the worst right now. Uh, So Paul wasn't saying that right now at this present time that he sinned the worst. He was the chief of all sinners. But if you look back just a couple sentences, he says, Although I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, an insolent man, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with with faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. Then he says, this is a faithful saying worthy of all acceptance, that, in, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. However, for this reason I obtained mercy that in me, first, Jesus Christ might show all long suffering as a pattern to those who are going to believe on him for everlasting life. So what he's saying is that in because of his past, the things that he did, not the things that he's doing right now, not because of his present life, but because of the past, he considered himself the worst sinner of all time. 
I've heard many people explain this, like Muhammad Ali was the boxing champ. He would say, I'm the greatest of all time. I, I'm, I'm the champ. I'm the all-time champ. I'm, you know, he's the champion. Even when he was old and couldn't box anymore, he would still refer to himself as the champion. Mm-hmm. He's referring back to his glory days when he was the actual champion. That's what Paul is talking about. Not his glory days, but his unglorious days as a sinner. And he, he's just saying that because of his past, what he used to do, that's why he was the chief. But God came, sent Christ to save sinners like he was. It's not like he, he is still. That's not what he's saying. Isn't it funny how we can zero, and we've talked a lot about this, Joel, but it, it's so peculiar that we can just zero in on a few words like that and then establish an entire mindset and doctrine around it. I am the chief of sinners, as if Paul was boasting about it. Right. And, and you know, people. So people want to fight us on that. Well, Paul was. Paul claimed he was a sinner. Well, of course he he was a sinner. But as Joel just pointed out in that passage, uh, something better came along. He was right. he was reflecting back on something, even though the wording might say I am. Uh, Take the whole context there, read through it, understand what he's really trying to say. Because when you when you reason with a little bit of common sense mixed in, uh, I think you hit it on the head there, Joel, with uh, the fact that th- this guy wasn't boasting about being the worst sinner there ever was. Wouldn't that be silly after chastising the, the Corinthians? Um, doesn't make any sense, does it? So when we get out of this mindset that says, I'm just a sinner, because what, what happens when, when we do that? We become sin conscious. We think we can't overcome. We, we just give in to the wrong mistakes because we don't think we can do any better. Instead of identifying with our true identity, the righteousness of God. Um, and it doesn't come by us trying to do all the right things. Doing the right things is great, but it doesn't lead to righteousness. The Jews tried that for centuries. It didn't work. It was never meant to work, trying to, trying to become righteous through what you do. Uh, this is inherited. Uh, we're we're born into it, so to speak. And uh, understanding this identity as a child of God, as one who has been perfected, as one who has been forgiven, as one who has been made righteous, a saint, and holy, once you begin to believe that, that the, the finished work of Christ was good enough to bring us that and capable of doing so, then we can begin to live out of that identity instead of the sinner mentality all right right that's that's it that's the thing it's like if if you think i'm just a sinner then if you have that mindset i can't help but sin and so you're going to that's one of those self-fulfilling prophecies you're then you're just gonna go ahead and feel like i can't overcome so i might as well just do it but if you consider yourself, like Paul said, reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's Romans six eleven. Why would he say that? Why would he tell you to reckon yourself to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus? Because it's true. It's it's that's you're dead to sin and you're alive to God in Christ Jesus. So reckon it that way because that's that's the way it is. You've got a new identity. Uh, Yeah, again, we're going to mess up. We're not always going to live perfectly. But if you have a mentality, a mindset that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, just think about the polar opposites. You think of yourself as a sinner 
who can't help but sin, or you think of yourself as a righteous person made righteous with the gift of God. That's two different ways, two completely opposite ways of thinking about yourself. Now, so we're just we're just encouraging you to think about yourself as the righteousness of God, sanctified, holy, righteous, everything that got, you know, this new identity that you have in Christ. And then guess what? You might just start understanding that that's really who you are, and it might begin to reflect in your daily life in Christ. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski, heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. Access past programs by visiting growingingrace.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.